0: Hi neighbors, welcome to another episode of the Praise and Broship podcast, where two best friends who are also deconstructed Christians deconstruct praise and worship music, as well as other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians ourselves and students of theology, we'll do our best to bring unique, insightful, and hopefully lighthearted conversations to you every week. My name is CJ, and I'm joined by my best friend, Luke. Luke, how's your walk been, man?
1: Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, the still, still going to the gym. Still, and that's actually, interestingly enough, at least it is to me. Uh, it has seemed to help my mental state, which I always knew it would. Um, it's sure. just you know, objects in motion stay in motion, objects in rest stay at rest, and I was definitely doing a lot of resting. Uh, so, uh, got a couple of projects that I'm working on, woodworking projects. The this wine glass shelf thing that we're gonna put above the bar cart and man I'm, this is okay old man bullshit uh my my sheet pans in the in the cabinet next to the stove oh god i hate it so i'm gonna be i'm building a box that will help you know organize it that'll be like a pull-out drawer in the cabinet so oh, that's cool. gonna yeah that's gonna be a fairly easy project i think and it's gonna make my sanity a lot uh better in the kitchen and speaking of that, I man tonight I made probably the best beef and broccoli I ever had. It was so good. <laughs> um, I don't think I have any confessions to make. How about you? Everything's shout okay. Out Dan, shout out to Dave Grohl.
0: <laughs> uh, everything's, you know, good on my end for what it for what it is just kind of up and down days and, uh, which I think is just normal for anybody. But, uh, yesterday was just a, it was a rough one. We normally would have recorded yesterday on a Monday, but we just had a really crazy day at work, crazy day at, at home. And it just, it wasn't, I wasn't going to be in the right frame of mind to, to really record. I was exhausted and just emotionally, mentally, physically. So Uh, We kind of postponed it, so if this episode is releasing a little bit later on Wednesday, then that's why I just won't be able to edit it all before first thing Wednesday morning. But we'll see. It might work out. Anyway, yeah, uh, speaking of food, Tracy made shepherd's pie for dinner and... Uh, I uh, want to be an object at rest right now. <laughs> I don't want to move. Lots of potatoes. And you know, what's what's crazy about potatoes is you forget how much salt they mm. soak up and how much you have to. Because she, I mean, she salted the shit out of the water uh, that she was boiling the potatoes in and then salted them when she mashed them and everything. And they just. You still needed to, some more salt in there uh, once once it was done but really good she did a good job that's the first time I think she's ever made it at least since we've been together but my mom used to make it all the time and uh, so she she did a really good job for first time and hopefully she makes more of it even though we have like a huge 9 by 13 yeah. uh, dish of it still so uh, but that'll be something that that our son will eat, and anyway, enough of the old man bullshit.
1: <laughs> well, no, I got a little bit more. I got okay. a little bit more. Okay. Uh, the first off, uh, this is unrelated, but I wanted to throw it in there because I think it's funny. Uh, I'm, ai think I'm allergic to specifically cedar-scented deodorant. Um, Interesting. That's it. That's it. Uh, and then, <laughs> does does she peel and chop her potatoes before she goes to boil them? Yes. To tell her next time or you next time, uh boil them whole with the skin on. it'll take a little bit longer, hmm. but they don't soak up as much water, and so that's more room for like butter and cream, you know, mm-hmm. and then they stay fluffy and don't get gummy and gluey.
0: interesting. I'll have to tell yeah. her that
1: try it once, and if you don't like it, that's fine. you know uh people are used to what you know used to what they're used used to. And like what they like. But I find that the texture is way more pleasurable.
0: Pod exclusive.
1: Yeah. And then you can always leave the skins on or peel them. Or use a ricer like I do. And that kind of does both. It, uh, it peels it and mashes it all up.
0: Oh yeah. That's a good idea too. To use a ricer. Never really thought about that.
1: I, I exclusively got a ricer just for making mashed potatoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the texture that it gives. Uh, and yeah, heat up the, the cream and butter and garlic all together first before you start adding it. And then you can add it a little bit at a time until it's the consistency that you want. All right. Ready to move on? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Hashtag old man bullshit.
1: Cooking tips with Luke. Neighbors, CJ has uh, promised a fun segment of his uh, his song. So, CJ, what did you? What Christian song did you bring for us this week?
0: <laughs> so, in keeping with my theme of the bad boys of Christian uh, music, this was this was one of the first ones that came to mind when I wanted to do this little theme uh,
1: I got going on. Anyway, I feel like I know who it is.
0: No, you don't. There's okay, no way. There's good, because no I,
1: I want to talk to you about that. I think we should plan when we do that. That song by that person.
0: I don't. Well, maybe I know what you're talking about. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, so the song that we're gonna do is by a guy named Steve Taylor, and the song is called "I Blew Up the Clinic Real Good."
1: What? <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I am very excited to listen to this. Uh, we are going to listen to I Blew Up the Clinic Real Good by Steve Taylor. <laughs> wow.
0: Welcome back, neighbors. You just listened to I Blew Up the Clinic Real Good by Steve Taylor. Luke, what, what, <laughs> what's going on, man?
1: So when we. First started the song, I said something like, Oh, I thought this was gonna be about COVID. You said don't read ahead. I I wasn't reading ahead, I was listening to the music, and the music specifically was like exactly Huey Lewis in the news. Just different (laughs) vocals. Like they're definitely copying that. Um And who's the other guy that did the Addicted to Love? It's kinda in that same genre. Um, Um
0: Yeah. Crap, what's that dude's name? Uh, Robert Palmer.
1: Ah, yep, that sounds like a name that I've heard before. Oh <laughs> uh, man, dude, where the fuck did you find this song? How did you find this song? What did so, you Google? Like, <laughs> well, so
0: I've I've known about Steve Taylor for a long time, really, since when I first became a Christian. Uh, uh, because, and the reason is. It, it, I don't you probably don't recognize the name just right no. off hand and, and we'll talk about it in just a sec. And
1: listeners, if you didn't listen, go and stop the podcast and listen to it, go stop stop the podcast and go listen to it. Yeah, it's the, fucking the links. Wild. In the, sh- the links in normally, the show notes. <laughs> normally I say you do you if you want to listen to it or not, whatever, go listen to this song right now so you have some context for what we're talking about, because this song is insane.
0: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Before we get into it too deep though, uh not that this is really a song that we, it's not a praise and worship song, so word count is whatever. But what do you think the word count is in the um, song? Non repeating words.
1: 123. I feel like I'm low.
0: How are you so fucking good?
1: Every gut, week, gut. I, just, every I literally just. Weak. My first thought. Uh, go ahead.
0: 120. Yes. Now with the stuff at the end that I don't, I don't think I included in the lyric count. It might Which be 123. It
1: is because it's "I'm a hero" is the last <sighs> thing that he says that isn't in the lyrics. So I was exactly right.
0: God damn it!
1: I li- so but my first thought was uh, 197. And I was like, that's way too high for any song. So then I just cut it back. I knew it was going to be over 100 by a, by a decent amount, and I just went with my gut.
0: Man, that's that's well done. Well done. So just a little background. People on, are gonna think
1: that I'm cheating. I mean you <laughs> No, for you, real. You I think you're cheating. You can't and, see what my hands are doing. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I
0: think you're cheating and <laughs> we're on the call together. Uh this song was released in nineteen eighty seven. Okay. On yeah, the checks album out. I album by it. Steve Taylor called I Predict Nineteen Ninety. Um Steve Taylor is an American singer, songwriter, and producer who has production and writing credits for some bands that I know you've heard of, at least two out of the three that I'm going to mention, and and lots more, but these are just ones that I thought Luke will know, probably all three, but at least two of the three. Uh, Sixpence, None the Richer. Oh, wow. Uh, he he actually produced their album that had the big hit Kiss Me on it. Yeah, they're probably, well.
1: like, the, the biggest, like christian band to break it into mainstream i would think
0: yeah one of for sure especially at that time uh they they were they were really big and they also did on that same record they had a cover the the song uh there she goes it was a cover of yeah. a song by the laws i think anyway um and then he's also produced uh chevelle i don't know if you're familiar with them they were a hard rock band from the late 90s early 2000 i think they're still around still doing stuff but they were a uh, Uh, Christian, you know, hard rock band trio of uh, of dudes and uh, also the Newsboys, most notably. Oh, wow. uh, I I was saying you might recognize the name because the Newsboys song that I did a while back, uh, Breakfast, about Mm -hmm. serving breakfast in hell, he actually produced and he has songwriting credits on that on that song, uh, Breakfast, as well. So you can kind of get an idea of the kind of the quirkiness in his songwriting between these two songs. If you if you only heard ever heard these two songs that are written or at least co-written by him in the case of Breakfast. But yeah, he produced something about something along the lines of five or six Newsboys records and uh, even on Take Me to Your Leader, which was their biggest album, in my opinion, and probably their best. Uh, He has a songwriting credit on, I think, almost every single song, co-writing it with uh, Peter Fuller, who was the uh, original frontman of Newsboys. So, yeah, I mean, dude. (laughs) So why is he a bad boy of Christian music? I mean, it should be pretty obvious if y'all have listened to the song. Um, But while it's satirical in nature... I blew up the clinic real good was largely misunderstood in the Christian community.
1: Yeah. And I can see I don't, why. I
0: don't even know if it was really misunderstood and we can get in more into that in a little bit, but the album was, was pulled, uh, from Christian bookstore shelves. He actually was going on like this, um uh, big tour in Australia, uh, after the album was released to promote the album and venues just started canceling his shows left and right and that and because of all of this you know having that niche christian market kind of turn its back on you he you know the album was a flop and after this record uh i predict 1990 he kind of went more into the behind the scenes type stuff with uh his involvement in music where he was helping write songs he was producing obviously And uh, just kind of took more of a uh, low-key kind of uh, thing just to, I guess, stay out of the controversy. But then also, I mean, you got to think he probably felt like ostracized and abandoned uh, by, by the Christian community. And it's even said that he would like call the bookstores that were pulling his albums and he would like call the venues that were canceling his shows and try to explain to them the song and try to explain kind of his, what he was going for in it. And it was just like, nobody, nobody wanted to hear it. You know, they, they Are just you shut gonna down. Explain
1: what he was going for, because it seems pretty uh explicit to me. Like it's <laughs> not, he, it doesn't sound like satire to me at all. Oh, Maybe really? it's just because um, I'm, I'm jaded in 2023 from. Right. Right. And that's <laughs> the, a, again, the that's, last a, that's an interesting, years.
0: it's an interesting contrast. And I, and I'll tell you this, you know, it's it's unclear if christians were distancing themselves and 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 were turned off by the seeming promotion of violence uh in the song or if it was more kind of a wishy-washy way of saying you're pro-life right because he uses that phrase tissue blob right mm-hmm. and that's kind of like ooh man that for for christians that is that's rough man to hear that and even even for me you know where it's just like he's He's just kind of brushing it off. I don't care if it's a baby or a tissue blob, you know it's very visceral, and I could yeah I, I thought absolutely he was
1: just I thought he was just using the language of um pro choicers, not necessarily like trying to uh yeah, aggravate yeah and, the the christian community
0: and one thing and one thing that you have to put into context here is you know this record came out in 1987. Roe versus Wade was, became law in 1977. So we're talking about a decade of time where Christians are still very much, um, it's still an open wound, you know, that, that abortion is federally, uh, protected, uh, in the country and in obviously a really hot Button issue and really honestly, I have no intention of getting super political in this episode. That's not what this is about, right? This yeah, is about we the bad boys, much. the bad boys of Christian music. But but the the context is important because in those first ten or fifteen years after Roe v. Wade was passed, um, you had a lot of violence in in abortion against abortionists uh the doctors the staff even the 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 women who were just trying to go into a clinic not even necessarily to get an abortion right a lot of times yeah. these clinics provide sonograms they provide birth control obviously they they do provide abortions but like there were people who would block their way into the 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 clinic when they don't know why they're going in there you know and so it was very raw at this time, and so <laughs> I, I really want to get into some lyrics, and we can kind of touch on some more of the historical, you know, uh, context and, and things like that as we go, but, but we can just start to go through the lyrics if you want to. Okay. So yeah, lyrically, I I really think the usage of an ice cream man as being like this vigilante savior is really i mean it's it's funny, but it's also clever in my opinion I, you know it's silly, don't get me wrong but the fa- the fact that you know if if we run out of youngsters, I'll be out of a job that's that's just funny to me it's really clever uh I will say that I had an interesting interpretation of that line if we run out of youngsters, I'll be out of a job, not a different but like kind of a double kind of, uh, way to, way to look at it being, you know, uh, he's an ice cream man. So he wants to make sure he always has kids around, which is obviously overreacting, but then also looking at it from the perspective of the church, right? The church needs young people to be, to come to church so that they can be raised in the church and stay in the church and raise their kids in the church, right? It's a very generational thing, especially in the South. I don't know how it is in other parts of the country and other parts of the world, but in the South, it's like your grandparents went to church, your parents go to church, and you're going to take your kids to church.
1: Uh, yeah, that's funny. The, my first thought with the the Ice Cream Man thing was the Van Halen song, I'm Your Ice Cream Man. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was probably my favorite song as a kid. I would just listen to that song over and over again. My mom was a big <laughs> Van Halen fan. And then, mom, if you're listening, stop uh but uh, stop right now but but yeah it, that that was the first thing and then that's when the I was like, oh this sounds just like Huey Lewis in the news um so explain to me how this is satire cuz it feels pretty like i said explicit it seems like he's wanting to take down these clinics who are uh giving abortions or performing abortions
0: well it's just a character it's just a character study right i i mean i guess you know, somewhere treading the line between satire and, well, and like, farce. How How is right? his
1: mindset such that he wouldn't have expected this backlash?
0: I That's a great question. I don't know. And, you know, it's kind of hard to find anything about where Steve Taylor actually talks about the song. I think he probably wanted to move on from it. And obviously with it being an older song you know you have some archives on the internet but it's it's few and far between i couldn't really find a ton where he actually references the song and kind of the the implications of it it's more just like secondhand accounts and uh and sources that are saying you know uh, a lot of his shows got canceled and the the album got pulled from shelves and see that you know your question is kind of is kind of where i am with the song, right? Did, did he, did he take it too far? You know, the, this, this song to me is a bit of a double-edged sword because on one edge of the sword, maybe Steve Taylor went a bit too far in the context of the day, right? I mentioned that it's within a, a decade of Roe v. Wade becoming a thing. And so I can appreciate that Christian's took the steps to distance themselves from the song. Even though I see it as very clearly satirical and farcical, um, there had already been a quite, quite a lot of threats of and actual violence against uh, abortion
1: providers. Yes, yeah, so that's why it doesn't know, seem so... so satirical to me. It seems very much of the time and very much... And I'm actually kind of surprised if, because if this song came out today, it would it would be... I feel like it would be supported by by right-wing no, Christian yeah. community. I mean, and it's surprising to that me is, that he hmm. included in there that the preacher said, "Hey, that's not a, the end doesn't justify the means." And that that he actually had backlash from the Christian community because I don't think that would happen now. I think I think this would get a lot of support actually.
0: Yeah, no. And and you know, I pray that uh, religious extremists don't hear this song, yeah. you know, because because of the context today, even though Roe v. Wade's been overturned, right? Now it's a state decision, and um, and this is as political as we're going to get, but it's it's important historical context more than political context. But because Roe v. Wade was overturned, and now it's up to the states, it's like, why would you still want to be violent against these places like move somewhere else yeah. yeah you know i mean go somewhere else if you don't want to live in i don't i don't know what states still provide services i'm sure a lot of new england states and stuff maybe illinois with chicago i think it's a left-leaning state but the point being like nah, you can just move somewhere else you tell uh you tell leftists to move somewhere else if they don't like the president i, I don't know but yeah, it's, it's like, I definitely took some notes and, and kind of jotted down some thoughts about that, where it's like, man, different times, you know, the uh, 30, what, 36 years, uh, into the future. Now this kind of thing doesn't seem like some, like so far-fetched and so isolated. And I, and I say isolated, I know that this was a very real thing that happened. I know that, you know, clinics were being attacked and, Uh, there were death threats and and all kinds of stuff, but it just seems like it would be (laughs) something that would be taken a lot more seriously. But I think if you read the lyrics and you really look at the lyrics, to me, it's pretty clear that it's satire. It's not clear to me. (laughs) Is it taking it too far, I think, is the main question, because I said it's a double-edged sword in that I can see why Christians stepped away from it but at the same time it's a biting commentary on the hypocrisy of christians because even though the vast majority of christians weren't carrying out acts of violence on abortion clinics and the staff and the employees i'd venture to say many if if not most christians were still still feeling rage and anger and maybe wanted a bit of vengeance out of the deal uh with roe v wade and so it's it's the song is satire insofar as it's pointing out the absurdity that you're pro-life. You can call yourself pro-life, but you really don't care about life because you're, you're okay with taking lives. You're okay with, even if you're not trying to kill anyone, you're still okay with ruining lives, with harming people, with threatening people, causing if not physical trauma, then, then emotional and, and mental trauma. And so, you know, that's the whole thing with the pro-life movement. It's like, are you really? Or are you just anti-abortion? Yeah. Right? Do you just care about that tissue blob? Or are you going to do something when the blob comes out as a full-grown <laughs> baby? You know what I mean? Like, are, there's, and and look, I, we generalize sometimes on the podcast and we try to put caveats and we try to put disclaimers on it. I don't think that all Christians are like this. I don't. But to put it in context, and I haven't looked at these numbers in a while, and they might be a little bit off, but there's something in the order of 300,000 children in the foster care system in the United States, somewhere in that realm. There are 500,000 Christian churches in the country. If less than one family, almost half a family per church would adopt or foster, we wouldn't then have any become kids a full in the foster family. system. <laughs> the half family could be a full family. Or if Christians would be okay with giving easier access to gay and lesbian couples to adopt mm. and to foster, right? You're not pro-life. You're anti-abortion. Yeah, there's a difference. And, you know, I'll I'll get off my soapbox. I won't get too fired up. But it's like, let's uh, let's dress up our political language and say pro-life because mm. anti-abortion seems very um, grating and it seems uh, a little too strong. Let's make it seem happy and flowers. And it's like, if you're not doing anything, if you're not setting up uh, governmental programs to assist These mothers who are at the end of their rope and can't afford a child, another child, even maybe. Yeah, Um, you're you're gonna put. What what are we gonna put another
1: family uh, on government welfare that you also hate? So, like, what 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 leg do you have to stand on?
0: Creating creating uh, making it mandatory for companies to give paid maternal leave and paternal leave as well. Uh, You know. Uh, daycare stipends grants for making a, and for making the adoption process more affordable uh giving uh monthly benefit stipends for families who adopt a child with special needs and has to have specialized medical care right there there's so many things that that the pro life contingency is not doing yeah and that makes them not pro life you're you're pro fetus. You're pro baking a baby in the oven. But when that little bun comes out of the oven, hands off. Yeah. It's not tie I, yourself up by it's your not my problems. But whatever this But make is. sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but don't but don't don't abort it. You know? Um <sighs> bring it into the world and into a potentially horrible situation. That's fine.
1: And um, I'm and I'm not luck. gonna help
0: at all. Uh right. But you and I'm not saying like you 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 know I am in a sense saying put your money where your mouth is. But really, it, it comes down to uh, voting and getting legislation passed that's going to make it easier for people to have children. Because you know a lot of pro-lifers see the abortion issue as a very black and white thing, and it's just not. It, there's so much gray, mm-hmm. and and there's so much tragedy involved in this, and. They're just not. They don't care about that. All they care about is life. And then once the life is here, uh, I mean, not even that because speed. a lot of them are
1: pro-death penalty. So
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's I didn't even bring that up, you know. But but the point being, like, you're not putting any programs in play. So that's where I'm coming from when you, in the sense of, I can see that this song is is satirical, right? Because it's it's. Yeah showing how ridiculous you are. Yeah, I just to... for most
1: of the song it it seems having a 2023 perspective on it. A lot of the song seems logical to uh the rhetoric that I'm hearing from conservatives about the abortion issue. Except this one uh stanza, uh try and catch me coppers, you'll be stink- you stinking badges, better think again. That wouldn't fly um today for the uh the Christian community or the conservative pro-life uh, community uh, before you mess this boy around. Th- and this is where, I, this is like the biggest question I have. And this is, this probably points most towards it being satire. Cause it's, he's kind of um, negging himself. This line, I don't understand. I've hung in Saigon just to see the special effects. And then he kind of, you know, puts himself down by saying I've hung from gravity boots for my Napoleon complex. Like that just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> these two lines yeah yeah
0: just being he's he's being uh trying to be cheeky there for sure so like with the i've hung in saigon just to see the special effects so uh what he's saying there is he served in vietnam not for out of any kind of duty to his country to keep you know our freedoms and whatever else the military does just to go and see bombs go off and see people die Right. So, okay. Again, so again, yeah, it's, it's furthering those lines, that idea. Those
1: lines definitely were confusing to me on the first listen, but it actually does make sense and really does strongly point to s- satire because it is pointing out that <laughs> these people uh, that he's referring to in the song. I'm not saying all Christians uh, or even all you know right wingers. Uh, yeah, that it's they're they don't have good intentions in this.
0: I've hung from my gravity boots for my Napoleon complex. That's that's just, I think that that's a pretty clever line there. Uh, you know, Napoleon, the whole Napoleon complex was that he was short and felt like he had to conquer the world to prove himself to be a big man, even though he was average height for the time in the region. But uh, hanging upside down like the inversion therapy mm. with straightening the spine yeah. and Making yourself taller—it's—it's—it's it's, it's fun. I think it's a a clever line. It—it it is kind of the Saigon line makes more sense The Napoleon complex thing. I don't know. I it doesn't mean, I guess really it's like fit. It—it it,
1: it, it does a strong. It has a strong effort of you know making fun of himself or putting himself down. But yeah. I think you're right. I
0: mean, it's more of a savior complex than a Napoleon yeah. complex in this. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Uh, I I hung. From, a, from my own cross uh, for, because of my savior complex might have been a... Yeah, um, yeah. But like, I do think the song goes too far in one direction and not far enough in the um, self-deprecation direction. I think he could have had a little bit more in there about self-deprecating to point out the absurdity and the hypocrisy. Because these two lines do a good job of that. And I think yeah. he could have putting more in there. And I still th- even if he had I still think that it would have gotten pulled from the shelves. I still think it would have been too much, but
0: yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. And and I think I mean I would like to think that today the Christian church would have a similar um response, but I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I you know contextually we we can't know. We can speculate. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have been as resounding of a of a um you know cry uh, an outcry from the from the christian uh church but yeah it's it's interesting to kind of think on that and wonder what the response would be right now
1: uh how much do you know about Steve Young himself like like what in his background
0: you mean Steve, Steve Taylor.
1: Steve yes Steve Taylor uh, S-
0: Steve Young is a mormon uh former quarterback for the san francisco 49 i think i
1: got neil young stuck in my head for some reason um Hmm. anyway that's my own brain uh steve taylor do you know anything about him that would point further into the satire like his personal life or his background
0: not not a ton all i know is the music of his that i've listened to and it leans heavily into the cheeky into the kind of absurd funny farcical uh, and sometimes satirical i mean you even take a song like breakfast, breakfast yeah. that, that i know you've heard right and it's it's very much a a funny it's supposed to be a funny song it's got all these serial references in it and you know it's just it's that absurd, was kind yeah. of yeah that was kind of his thing is is just to uh, have fun and try to come up with with interesting images. And his previous albums before this one are really have a lot of songs like that. I mean, you you saw it even in the track listing on this album. Oh yeah, there's a song called "Young and the Restless," as in Carl Jung, J U N G, and it's it's that kind of songwriting style. He's just he's just quirky yeah. and he's trying to do something different. And yeah, like you said. And and I said it earlier. He t- uh, he probably he took it too far. Yeah. He I, and and like you you posed the question uh, a second ago. Like what did he expect to happen? <laughs> Especially when this is your lead track. This is the first track on the record. Like. You couldn't have buried that on like at like track six or, or something, or even the final maybe, one. Maybe you
1: know, like
0: <laughs> yeah. But maybe hmm. tried to tried to bury it a little bit. I mean, I, kudos to him because let me tell you something, dude. I'm gonna get fired up for a second. <laughs> I can but tell. I can okay. I can see the pro-lifers and the pro-choice advocates being really pissed about this song, and. I fucking love it when something pisses off both yeah. sides. Uh, not just pro-life pro-choice, not the abortion thing. Any it could be any two sides or however many sides there are. When everyone is pissed off, I fucking eat it up. <laughs> I love to see it. And I don't mean on like a meaningful level. I mean this could this song could have potentially had some serious ramifications. But that's almost always my goal when it comes to songwriting. I don't do this in everyday life. I don't do this if I'm talking to someone face-to-face or I don't even troll on the internet or anything like that. But I love to write songs that even if I'm not meaning to do it, but it's somewhere buried deep in, in my subconscious, like when I'm looking back through the song and or performing it in front of a certain demographic or at a bar or a group of people... And I realized, like, oh, shit, this song might not be about to go over well, but I'm already <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, I love that shit. And I'll, I'll tell you a little a little anecdote, uh, a story. So our local brewery uh, is in the next nearest city from where I live is is Alexandria. And the name of the city is important. So after the brewery had been open for, I don't know, maybe six months, maybe a year. Uh, they had some hats made that said they were red hats with white stitching on across the front and it said four words make alexandria great again and it looked just like a maga hat it looked just like the make america great again hats and it was just supposed to be something silly like hey a brewery's finally opened here it's the first one ever like we're gonna we're gonna culture y'all. We're gonna show you what beer good beer is like and all that. Of course, I bought the hat like day one, as soon as they came out on the shelves. Well, it turns out this pissed off right wing people because they were like, You're making fun of of the MAGA movement, you're making fun of Donald Trump, and then it pissed off the left wing people because they were like, This is too close to the to the whole MAGA thing and this is going to send the wrong message. I mean message. it literally is a
1: maga hack cuz it's Alexandria, you know. <laughs> yeah, make Alexandria great again. And
0: I ate that shit. I loved it. I loved it. But the owner was like, "Yeah, it's probably best if we just pull these off the off the shelves." Which because I because they
1: clearly like it could easily be interpreted as the same message as as maga. So
0: Yeah, and it was just supposed to be silly, you know, in the sense of like, hey, finally have a brewery. Like, we're making Alexandria great and all this stuff. And it just, it pissed both sides off. And I just love that. I love that so much because it's like, at some point you need to take a step back and be like, wait, I'm mad. And that guy's mad. And we're complete opposites. We're on the total end total opposite ends of the political spectrum you know it's it's things like that where that should give people more pause to be like maybe we have more in common than we thought we did yeah you know? it almost brings them together uh, in their hatred <laughs> yeah yeah which is i mean listen if you're gonna if you're gonna work together i guess work with uh with your hatred work together in hatred
1: oh man yeah I, it, he could have included a few more things to make it more obviously satire than those two lines that I mentioned before because at the very end, not listed in the lyrics uh, as as the song is fading out, he shouts out, "I'm a hero. So again, that kind of undercuts the satire for me. like I get I can I guess I can kind of see why he did that as in you know, this character that he's playing in this song uh, thinks what he's yeah, what he's what he's doing is righteous and really believes it. But as a listener of the song, it seems to reinforce the message, which is, you know, we, we're, we're pro-life and we don't like these abortion clinics. Yeah. So I think,
0: I think the main takeaway here, man, is, uh, and this might be one of the only times we ever say this on the podcast. Well, at least my takeaway, I don't know if you, I think you agree with this, but, um, I I think the Christians got this one right. Yeah. I think, I think they got it right. They really did because his historical context, whether this was released in 87 or fucking 36 years later in 2023, like it's just, it's a little bit too far and it's just not enough. Like you said, it's not enough to clearly set it apart as from, from jump street. Like, Oh, the first time he says I blew up the clinic real good. It, you, your mind should already be like, oh
1: yeah. He's like, this is. He's fun, not using right? grammar correctly, you know? so he's a dummy. Yeah. Or what? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but it when you get to that first, you know, the title of the of the song, and he says that the first time, your mind, in a perfect songwriting scenario, should already be like, oh yeah. I mean, obviously this is a joke, and you know maybe it's a little maybe it's a little bit too tongue in cheek, but. We know it's all in good fun, but it's well, like you say, it's just not quite there. the
1: the the first few lines of the song kind of gets the audience on his side. Like, I have the road in my blood. I drive a custom van. I play the tunes on the neighborhood ice cream man. It, you know, blue collar worker, I guess
0: like something from easy right yeah
1: like he oh i'm just a guy trying to get by making a living you know trying to spread yeah. joy in the world and it and it tries to get the audience on this character's side first that's the that's the first thing he does and it's not related yeah. at all to the rest of the song it it like, other than the right the uh we need kids to to make money so like yeah it's it's a little bit misguided it's
0: the 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 humor and stuff is there it's just it's masked a little bit too well to to where on first listen you're going to be like like you did when we were listening to the song you were like what the fuck like multiple times and it's like because it's just not quite the level of of so there's got to be self-awareness and and i think that he does steve taylor as a songwriter is is very self aware and he understands what he's doing. I just don't know why he thought that this. I don't. How, I don't know how, who cut this record for him and, and okayed. Yeah, that I, I was another you know, thing I was going to say. This. There's
1: so many people that had to say yes to this <laughs> before it. And I before and it I don't got released, know what
0: the production what the production notes are on this? I'll have to. I'll see if I can look that up real quick while we keep talking. Um,
1: do you know how old he was whenever he wrote this song? So he
0: was. He he was pretty young. Um, uh, which spelling? What's oh <laughs> uh J U N G. Um so let's see. Um, yeah, I couldn't find anything uh production note: Oh I'm sorry, here we go. The it was produced by the uh Buford Twins, David Perkins and Steve Taylor himself. Um you know this i don't know if you noticed the album cover but he really didn't set himself up well from the from jump street even if you just see the album cover on the shelf in a christian bookstore it looks like a, tar- a tarot card and this apparently caused some controversy too i don't know which came first the the album cover <laughs> or the song in terms of what which controversy uh, came first but it was actually designed by his his wife, Steve Taylor's wife, and it was uh, supposed to be kind of uh, it was supposed to resemble like early 20th century French poster art. I'm not really familiar with that medium, but uh, that's that's what they say. It was supposed to be more of a poster thing, but it, it does kind of look like a tarot card in it he's kind, he's making a hand gesture that might look like it's uh you know witchcraft like or something you know so uh it, it's it just didn't really ever come, get off the ground and uh to answer your question uh Steve was 30 years old when this album came out
1: okay so not uh, you know I was was thinking like the uh, the angst of like an early 20s mid 20s songwriter but not that. He was he was a little more mature, I guess. Um, did you look up any comments for this song on YouTube? Because I just pulled some up.
0: I skimmed some of the comments. And basically everything was like, you know, oh yeah, it's like Huey Lewis or, you know. Oh, really? That's not you know, what I'm very, seeing. Very 80s. And oh, we'll read some uh, of
1: them. Okay. Hold on. I gotta go back. Okay. So a lot of the comments are positive. Clearly, I mean it's a Christian song, but not in the way that you would think. A lot of them are, <laughs> uh, uh, for lack of a better term, praising uh, Steve Taylor, uh, saying that he was a, a good guy and um, that they they loved his music and they miss his music. And it's kind of hard to tell in some of the comments whether you know how they're how they're taking it, but. One of the comments says, "I wish he'd make." A, this was from ten years ago. Wow, I wish he'd make another album. Uh, I think Christians could use another kick in the ass, like the ones like like only Steve Taylor can deliver. So I guess yeah, these people are getting it that it is satire.
0: Well, and and I didn't mention, but he he does you in a lot of his songs. He calls out fundamentalists. It, it, this song is one of those. I think from the perspective of like. You're gonna blow up clinics, but you actually are pro life, like get over yourself kind of thing. Even though it's not as clearly stated as that in the song, which I think was a missed opportunity. But in some of his other stuff, he's calling out legalism, he's calling out uh, televangelists, and and these huh. these uh, dudes that were that were preaching the health and wealth gospel, right, the prosperity yeah. gospel, and uh, he's he was not afraid to call people out on their bullshit christians
1: uh, yeah you know, that's and, funny and that um
0: is invaluable uh to to Christians. i guess you music. need to be I more familiar with his entire body of, of work to... of... oh
1: sorry the we're having some internet issues um but yeah i guess you have to look to his whole body of work to really understand that uh, a couple more comments um i grew up listening to steve taylor Rez and so many others i'm now agnostic but still love steve taylor uh he he had a sense of humor that took scared cows and slammed them against the nearest wall my hero <laughs> like so yeah these people seem to get it in the comments
0: and there there's another mention of oh. uh i'm an atheist but <laughs> or i'm yeah.
1: agnostic but
0: like you don't have to announce that like we don't care if you do crossfit we don't care if you're a vegan and we don't care if you're an atheist like just tell us what you think about this song and this music video which the music video is fantastic. It will be linked in the show notes. We didn't watch it, but I, I highly recommend recommend watching it, as well uh, as obviously listening to. Yeah, track.
1: another comment says too cool. I still laugh at ice cream trucks today, thanks to Steve. <laughs> that's that's really funny. And then, or are you terrified? of Yeah. That? Uh, and then the last one I am going to read is: uh, This is the greatest work of satire ever. So yeah, definitely these people in the comments are getting it, and I think that's that's great.
0: Yeah, just he just took it too far. He he I think he took it the right level of far. I just think that like we said from a songwriting perspective, it, wasn't balanced. it needed to be set up. It needed to be yeah, it needed to be balanced, it needed to be set up better and be very clear that this is satire because Christians uh, especially those in power uh, with, with some power to make things happen They're going to be lazy yeah. listeners We've, ar- we've already talked about this could have predicted in
1: 30 years that January 6th would have happened And this is a totally viable <sighs> uh, Battle cry for yeah. Evangelical pro-lifers right. Yep I think that's all I got for this Without
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we said we weren't going to get too political Which I think we, we, it did a we pretty kept good it job of, though So, you're welcome We're going to move right on in to our secular song of the week. Luke, what did you bring for us? Okay,
1: a little bit of preface. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up as a kid, I was always told that I was allergic to uh, insect bites like you know wasps, bees, and stuff. And my, every time I got stung, not bitten, stung, uh, <laughs> uh, my mom made a big deal about it. And I've been stung a couple times as, a, as an adult. I can see your face. You're really confused. Uh, I'm and, trying
0: to figure out the song. And,
1: um, I've been stung a couple times as an adult, and it's just, you know, it's a red bump that lasts for a few hours and then goes away. And Bernie was like, yeah, that happens to everybody. So I was like, oh, I don't think I'm really allergic. Maybe I was as a kid. I've heard allergies can change, but mm-hmm. we're about to find out. Because I'm going to continue my my theme of overrated <laughs> songs. Not artists, but songs. Uh, and I'm going to poke the beehive a little bit.
0: Oh no. Dude, what a great fucking
1: backstory. <laughs> and the song that I chose this week is uh, Irreplaceable by Beyonce.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, hopefully we don't get doxed. Uh, maybe that's just Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> uh, cult uh, members that that do that. But we're gonna listen to Irreplaceable by Beyonce, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll meet y'all back here in just a few.
1: Welcome back, neighbors. We just listened to Irreplaceable by Beyonce. CJ, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts right now?
0: Well, you must not know about me because I actually like this song.
1: (laughs) Uh, Be open-minded and get ready to change that opinion. Um, Now, (laughs) no, I
0: mean honestly, like from a from a production standpoint, I, you know, I really love that the acoustic guitar is present through the whole song. I just don't like the drum sounds. I, I felt I feel like you know an acoustic drum set would have been so much better. It would have hit so much harder and been way more dynamic, uh especially having an acoustic guitar running, you know, looping through the whole thing except on the bridge. Uh yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's like a it's like a mixed bag of it from a production standpoint for me.
1: So, I have no problems with Beyonce. I don't really know anything about her. She's clearly an uh, an amazing vocalist, an amazing performer. The production quality is is really good. Uh, aside from your your comments there, my problem is with the lyrics. I think the songwriting here is terrible, and an inferior. And it's, this song is everywhere. Like I hear it in gas stations, and grocery <laughs> stores, and retail stores. It's it's it. This song came out in two thousand eight. And it's still everywhere. It comes on all the time, and it's just infuriating to me because it's such bad songwriting. Um, let's dig into the lyrics a little bit. Uh, where's my first <laughs> note?
0: But you don't get it, Luke. Like, it, it's the, the level of songwriting doesn't have to be high because it's a breakup song. And, you know, you can just kind of imagine uh, some teenager in their room not thinking logically or doing
1: anything yeah (laughs) yeah yeah not
0: caring that the the lyrics are elementary at best right i mean it's it's about you know it's it's what we've talked about before especially with the praise and worship songs we do with like it's the it's the chord progression it's the melody uh obviously beyonce's voice is so beautiful and and it's that's what's carrying the song and Evoking certain emotions in in the person that's listening to it, especially if they're just over a breakup, even though they didn't get someone right over there in a minute. <laughs> but anyway, go, so go
1: ahead. Um, there's there the my main issue is the chorus, and we'll get to that. That's kind of the the my my biggest deal with the song. But looking at the lyrics uh, the, today and listening to it just now, there were some other things that I thought was just kind of not logical she says uh call up that chick and see if she's home oops i bet you thought that i didn't know it's like well you're kicking me out and i definitely cheated (laughs) i don't i don't think it's because i left the toilet seat up like i i know what i did
0: you know like (laughs) Oops. You t- you took your socks off yeah. inside Oops! Out. I bet you thought I <laughs> you didn't know. Like, bitch. yeah,
1: that's kind of if I if I'm cheating, I know that's you, you, I'm busted. But <laughs> so that that doesn't really. It's just, she's taking such a powerful stance, which I I get, but it's just like, yeah, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she said something about she she bought him a car, but then she said pick up or what was it about the keys. Uh, where is it? Oh, yeah. Baby, drop them keys. Hurry up before your taxi leaves. So the taxi's already there somehow. And the uh, <laughs> I'm assuming if she bought him the car, it's in his name, but maybe not. But again, that just goes to show like, yeah, the taxi's she already called him a taxi. She's telling him. Well, yeah.
0: In the in the first verse, she says it's my name that's on that. Jet.
1: Oh, I missed that. Okay. Uh, so, there's a taxi there, she's kicking him out, so, yeah, he fucking knows. Um, and then, she, (laughs) later she says, uh, I won't shed a tear, where's that line? Yeah, I, uh, baby, I won't shed a tear for you, I won't lose a wink of sleep. Did you even like this guy? (laughs) Because, I, I've been through some breakups, and... You know, high school or even later, like, it's, yeah, it it sucks. Like, even you just found out he broke up with, or that he cheated on you, and you're breaking up with him, you thought the relationship was good before that, you're not gonna be upset at all? I don't believe that. Like, that's that's, um, not realistic, because typically if someone betrays you, you're pretty broken up about it. So I just don't think she even liked this guy to begin with but she bought him a jaguar which is an expensive car. <laughs> uh so yeah, I I just I just don't buy it. Like it's it's really frustrating because she is a good artist but this the lyrics of this song are just terrible. They don't make any sense.
0: Well, and I mean, you know, it, I I guess from that perspective with it's it's more about uh, showcasing her strength in the in the whole thing right in 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 a lot of ways the financial the financial strength of hey i bought you that jag uh and then also like i'm not i'm not going to worry about you as soon as you're out the door like i'm good kind of thing but yeah it, it's it's not realistic well, at all i mean she they had the i think it was i don't think it was her solo i think it was when she was in destiny's child the independent Mm -hmm. women song like she's she's always been that kind of in popular music she really um kind of was the the poster child i guess in a way for uh, strong you know strong independent women and that that was the kind of the the personality she wanted to convey so so i get it again I, i agree with you it's not It's not realistic. I mean, I don't care how strong you are or independent you are. doesn't matter, man, woman, whatever. Like, that's going to affect you. Like, that sucks. You know, you you might be thinking that now. You might be thinking, yeah, get out of here. I don't ever want to see you again. I'm not worried about you. I'm not going to cry about you. And maybe you don't initially because you're angry. You're upset. But then when that wears off, it's like, okay, (laughs) like, let me have a – a bubble bath and a good crowd and maybe she's
1: she's in this character she's saying it to the person to to really you know jab at him to make him you know realize like oh fuck i i fucked up but you know there's this idea that you know strong women the reason why they're strong is because they act like men like not emotional not irrational i guess men can definitely be irrational but you know that showing them she's hysterical
0: but the the idea that that showing
1: emotion is weakness and in reality like having a dynamic personality that can experience the full range of emotions is actual strength because you can let those things in and then still come back but to just block it out entirely that's not strength that's denial that's um really immaturity like i I just don't think that that actually shows strength strength would be you know realizing your weakness and coming out of it you know fighting back from it not just denying right that's a very immature masculine trait traditionally so i i just i don't think it Although it, it's, it's almost masturbatory, you know, it's pornographic where it feels good to, to say and to think, but it's not reality and it's not real strength. Uh, yeah. So, okay, let's get to <laughs> the worst part of the song is the chorus. The thing that you hear the most in the song. Uh, <laughs> I gotta find it. Uh, I could have another you in a minute. Matter of fact, he'll be here in a minute, baby. So you're you're kicking this guy out, and you want another one of him. I'm kind of nitpicking here a little bit. I I know what she means, but again, it's bad songwriting. I think I could have another. I could have another guy who cheats on me here in just a second. Here in just a minute, like
0: yeah, another you. <laughs> like I and and I. It goes with like the irreplaceable thing, but it's like. But what are you replacing him with? Like, who are you replacing yeah. him with? It's like he's not irreplaceable. Like, no, no guy is right. I mean, listen, ladies, uh, no, no, no guy, no person is is irreplaceable. You know, in in the in the grand scheme of like, if they wrong you and they do something bad to you, right? Uh, not, you know, you you find your soulmate, you find your person, your partner. Uh, that's all. Your soulmate, whatever you want to call it, that's great. But This kind of young love uh, personified in this song is very much like puppy dog Mm -hmm. love. It's very much high school love, first love, where you think you're going to be together forever. And then it's like, nah, man. And then it's like, I want to have – I could have another you in a minute. I don't – why would you want another one of him? (laughs) He cheated on you. So, yeah, exactly. And – And then he'll be here in a minute? Like, did you just have some
1: dude on Thank you. Okay, so this is the next thing I was going to say. I I, I realize I'm nitpicking. I know what she means by I could have another you, but the language of it in a song, which is, you know, words matter, it doesn't make sense. But then, matter of fact, he'll be here in a minute. It's like she just remembered that she had a guy coming over already. So, like, you're just as guilty, (laughs) bitch. What are you talking? What?
0: (laughs) So either so you 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 contacted this guy to come over before you told your current guy exactly that you're kicking him out. <laughs> yes, are or, you any better? Or than him yeah, that, or she's making scenario?
1: it up and lying. Like it's clearly like oh, when people say oh yeah, matter of fact, blah blah blah, like they they just remembered that this is about to happen or this has already happened. Right. So I could have another you in a minute. Oh yeah, I just remembered he'll be here soon. Like, wait, you could have another, but you already have another? It's just, uh, it's so, (laughs) it's so dumb. Like, it's so frustrating to me every time I hear it. And people love this song. And I'm just like, are you listening to fucking lyrics? It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Now I'm getting fired up about a goddamn Beyonce song. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that, oh man, I, I don't know why it irritates me so much, but that, the chorus, the, the hook is just so dumb and illogical. I, I mm. matter of fact, oh yeah, I you know what? Now that I think about it, I already have a guy coming over. Um, but fuck you for cheating! Like you haven't yeah. broken up yet, and you already have this uh, booty call coming over. Like it, stupid.
0: It's like I'll, I'll have another you by tomorrow. It's like okay, cool. You're just gonna have another guy that you're gonna drop money on for an expensive yeah, you're car like not great with your money
1: um you got a lot of power and money but you're not good with it uh, yeah
0: and can we talk about can we talk about the car advertisements especially at christmas time <laughs> when the cars when it's like the husband or the wife or whatever gets their significant other a uh, a vehicle and surprises them for christmas if you, if your significant other ever may I sounded like Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> there for a second. If your spouse, um, if your, if your significant other makes that size purchase and y'all aren't millionaires and have that disposable, and you don't income, know about it, yeah, and you have no idea, get the fuck yeah. out of there! Like, get just, just get GTFO, please. Be, that's that's so I can't believe that there's. Fucking those commercials are just built on. Oh man, it that just and bugs me. I don't know it, why. It's
1: insane that all these car dealerships have giant bows in the back that we never know about.
0: <laughs> man, those are some big bows. That's a lot of material. And
1: who, you know, it's Christmas morning. Who's delivering these cars on Christmas Eve? Or-
0: they must have had a good gift card to Joanne <laughs> or Michaels.
1: No, Michael's doesn't have much fabric. Joanne's is the one that has the fabric. So
0: Joanne's and Yeah, Hobby Lobby, I guess, doesn't really have much fabric either. Be, uh, yeah,
1: they, I think they do. I think we're getting off track also. <laughs> but <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, no,
0: I don't ever shop at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I've never been there before.
1: Oh yeah. That goes along with the first the first song that we talked about. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to point out the logical fallacies in this song and i just again it's a catchy song it's a catchy tune but it's just so overrated it's so overplayed and the lyrics just don't make any sense
0: it really is ubiquitous and to be honest i never paid attention to the verses in the song because the chorus is so catchy yeah it's just like that's what you know you 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 know, you must not know about me. You know, it, that kind of thing is just. I tried to go high and then realize my yeah, voice is I noticed shocked. that. I wasn't um, going to call it out. I'm
1: glad you didn't. Uh,
0: <laughs> you must not know about me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, you, the all you really, all you really know of the song, I mean, is to the left, to the left, and then the chorus. That's the chorus. it. And the and, and the chorus the, is the, the surface, most the illogical. <sighs> seems fine. Yeah. yeah, on the surface, it seems I, fine because all you're worried about is the melody and, you know, the, the cadence of the lyrics. But the song, well, you're right, man. The song is ubiquitous. It, it's it's wild that it's that old and it's still oh, that popular yeah. and that big of a song.
1: Speaking of old, this song came out in 2008, the same year she married Jay-Z. So I guess Jay-Z was the other guy that was going to be there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, Jay Z has come up on the yeah, podcast I, a few I times, just had that uh, thought, yeah.
1: <laughs> recent episode. When I said it, I just thought that yeah, we talked about him in a recent episode too. Um
0: <laughs> I think it was last episode.
1: <laughs> oh, was it? Um yeah. Any any final thoughts, CJ?
0: No, I mean I think insofar as you can appreciate the song for the production the melody obviously beyonce's voice is great I mean it just is I, I'm not like a connoisseur of, of Beyonce I don't know like a Me ton either. of her music other than the more the stuff that gets radio player that's playing you know over the speakers in, a, in any given store but yeah I mean look at it as a breakup song you got a broken heart and that's, that's all well and good, but it's, yeah, it's, it falls flat lyrically. It's very pedestrian and doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense in, in places, obviously. But yeah, Yeah, that's basically all I have to say. I remember,
1: I remembered what I was going to say is that I often, very often get criticized for overthinking things, um, TV shows or, you know, songs, obviously, Like I was kind of underwhelmed by the last of us. That's a different podcast that we'll have to do. Uh, but (laughs) I just like when people tell me, Oh, you're just, you're just thinking about it too much. It's like, are you thinking about it at all? Because if you just listen to the lyrics, it doesn't make sense. Like it's, uh, I, I I get annoyed when people tell me like, Oh, you're overthinking it. No, I'm just thinking it like I'm not, I'm not overthinking it. I'm just looking at it for what it is. And it doesn't make sense. Uh, so I think I think people need to think more instead of just buying into pop music, which is formulated to be catchy and formulated to uh, like. I've had this song in my head all day. I've I've sung the the chorus to myself as I was doing stuff today because it's super catchy. But it mm-hmm. I got annoyed at myself for doing it because the fuck doesn't make any fucking <laughs> sense. But yeah, so I would say. That, yes, I can overthink things, but I would challenge other people to think about the things that they're consuming a little bit more. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean it is good. I agree. Bye!
0: (laughs) 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 All right, y'all check out the show notes. All of the links to our socials are down there, as well as the links to the songs. You can also check out the Spotify playlist where we post We add to the playlist every week, so we've got quite a good, uh, uh, (laughs) I say good, very uh, eclectic uh, mix of of songs on that playlist, and it grows every week by at least two songs. So y'all check out that, and uh, we will talk to y'all next week, God Willing and the Creek Don't Rise, and until then, always remember to love your neighbor as yourself. Give me the keys to my Jag. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: Um, I guess we're ready for the wrap up.
0: Oh, I'm going to wrap it up.
1: Uh, yeah, because you don't want you know, these women go into clinics to, to get, book, to get, blown. exactly. <laughs> okay.